Good afternoon. We're back. Cody's here and our special guest talking all things GHD, Katie Hayes. Welcome, Katie. Thank you. Thanks for having me. You're a mainstay. You are a part of the show. You've been in our coaches development group. You've been on the show numerous times. Uh, and in fact, finally, someone at my level, <laughs> level four, that is, you know, it's, it's hard. I got to talk down to Cody and Fern as level threes, right? Now I got someone we can, we can do this thing. We can meet, we understand each other. And uh, we're going to talk Jay, all about that level four. I, I have surpassed you. The new level four means that I have surpassed you. <laughs> I just, I don't, we don't need to get into it today. Mm -hmm. Stand by my words. What's Shana oh. doing back there, Cody? What's Shana doing? She's on the show. She's on the show. There she is, right? Anyways, I've never heard of a five foot two person talking about it. You're choppy. Go enjoy your vacation. Mute yourself <laughs> and drink your mimosas. Cody, where are you, Cody? St. Lucia. St. Lucia. 15 year uh, anniversary with the wifey. There we go. Mike. That 10 bucks, right to you, Cody. Go buy yourself some drinks in St. <laughs> Lucia. Take that money. Enjoy it. Let's talk about the GHD today, Katie. I have you on. Fern can't yeah. make it today, but we got, like I said, a level four in his place. Let's chat about the GHD. Cody disappeared. Um, yeah. Let me ask you this, Katie. Do you remember your first exposure to the GHD? I do. My first experience on a GHD was at CrossFit Jacks, the first uh, gym that I was a part of for over a decade. And it was, I don't know if I'm allowed to say this, but the GHD was like, it was not safe. I think it was like handmade by Chris Russell. <laughs> oh, the old, back in the day, I mean, CrossFit Jacks, old school, Chris yeah, this and is Megan. like 2009. You can get, echoing? no, not for me. Okay. Is, it, is she echoing, Cody? Yeah, it is from you. It's always from you. It is always from you. Oh, it's my <laughs> my. I'm it's I'm echoing. How's that better? Fine for now. Better? We'll see. I gotta look over here. Like look, when I turn profile, my nose looks bigger. Look, um, all, all this all this money Mike has been donating. Right? You think you could have gotten your setup? Well, you're <laughs> busy buying coffee with it. You're you're using all this money <laughs> for coffee. So, no, back in the day, Katie. There, it wasn't like you'd go on Rogue and you'd have to find one from like an old college or high school. Yeah, I think the military base sold a couple old ones that they just weren't using or maybe they didn't sell it and Chris just acquired these GHDs. But yeah, I mean, they were really hard to find for sure. You know, you and I have both given the GHD lecture dozens of times and we've both demoed as well. Nothing is worse than hopping on a GHD with like super like rigid pads on your quads when you're doing the hip extension yeah. and the back extension. Yeah. And you just have to play it cool. Like everything's totally fine. Feels yeah, great. People, <laughs> feels like someone's like giving you like a dead leg. Yeah. Um, so, so let, let's break down the goal of this show. Um, the purpose of the show today, explain what midline stabilization really means, how to develop capacity in that. Let's start there. Okay. What, how do we define midline stabilization? So for us in CrossFit, we define midline stabilization as core strength. They're synonymous, right? They mean the same thing. And that's the ability for, for your trunk or your spine to resist flexion or undo overextension. Textbook definition, you know, and, and for a lot of people, you know, if we're talking GHD sit-ups, you know, they get on the GHD and they're like, oh, my, I'm not really feeling it in my abs in the moment, right? Yeah. Their psoas, their hips, their quads, whatever. But it's it's in that piece, like you just said, to resist undue flexion or extension. You know, in the sit up itself, typically it's you know resisting that overextension. And man, yeah, we've all been there. Like we've all used the GHD to the point that it's like, don't make me laugh. I'm not gonna breathe heavy today. I mean, yeah, like it's it's sore. hard to get out of bed the next morning. Yeah, yeah, that isometric contraction, right, where your your abs are just trying to stabilize and hold on to that position is uh, is really potent. For sure. So when you got on that GHD for the first time at Jacks, do you remember if you were sore? Did like did your did yeah. your sister and Chris treat you right, or did they just let you get at it? I think it's somewhere in the middle of those two things because I think in not people weren't quite as educated about the GHD as we are now potentially, and so 
while they, they showed me how to do a sit up and what the range of motion was, I don't know if there was as much, um, you know, caution in terms of building up volume in a workout. So, um, I mean, I didn't overdo it. I've, I've never hurt myself on the GHD, but I was extremely sore. 100%. Yeah. I mean, I've never given myself rhabdo. I've been extremely sore, but I'd say when I owned Albany CrossFit, three to five people got rhabdo from GHD setups. Yeah, I know a handful that have as well. And um, and I think of all those cases, it was usually somebody who came back and said, yeah, I think I did too much. Or I put myself in a position where, you know, I was really dehydrated or I didn't work out for a month. And then I came back and my ego just overdid it. And, and they knew that. Oh, yeah. I've n- I never had somebody get rabbit and be like, well, I wasn't expecting that. Yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah. It was, it was like, yeah. I did 200 GH. I was, Oh, have you been on here before? No, no, no. My first time. Okay. Yeah. But I'm, and, I got it. <laughs> you remember, I'm trying to think back. So I know at the original two uh, level ones that I took and then the original internships I had did, done, it wasn't the lecture we have today. Yeah. It, you know, I don't even remember. Do you remember if when I, the first at my level one Castro gave it, you know, Glassman was there, but Castro, I don't remember him doing, uh, you know, beginner movements, intermediate movements, advanced movements. Do you, do you remember if that's the case? It's, I don't remember only because, so I took my level one in 2010 and there was certainly a GHD lecture that, that broke down the, the different movements. But I think, I think, when, when Dave and coach were still doing that, I don't, I don't know what the structure of that lecture was, or if it was more just like, here's what this piece of equipment is. I, I couldn't speak to that as well as you could, cause you're just a lot older than I am. So I'm not really sure. Did you mean to say smarter or did you say older? No, 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 I got it right. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> so I remember I was at a level one interning. This is like 2009, eight, 2008. CrossFit South Brooklyn, Chuck's there. Mm-hmm. And he, I remember he was given the GHD lecture. And at the end, he's telling this story about uh, his barber. Do you, he, still, you, he still tells this story if he gives that lecture. Oh, uh, you tell it. You remember it? Yeah, it was just about um, somebody who I think maybe did, like had done a lot of like crunches or s- traditional sit-ups and thought I'm fine. I'm going to be fine on this piece of equipment, did way too much volume. And then they had a job where they were on their feet all day long as a hairdresser or barber and the swelling from their abdomen started to kind of make its way downstream. Say it it. in their balls um, and their testicles. Yes. And they had some unfortunate swelling in, in, in the nether regions. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, You got to scare some people like, Hey dude, your balls are going to swell if you use this thing. But I remember like it stuck out. I still remember Chuck talking about that. Yeah. But I mean, I think, I think that story is like, it's supposed to highlight being cautious with the GHD, but I also don't think we should be scaring people into never wanting to touch it either. You know what I mean? There's a fine line of like, Hey, be, be respectful and responsible with this thing. But also this is a great piece of equipment to utilize. Yeah. And you know, I think it is something where you can gain capacity. So I hadn't been on a GHD in quite some time. Your balls might, yeah, Corey, they might become normal size. They might swell that's up all, to handle. <laughs> that's all people are going to remember after this is just like, yeah, and my balls are going to swell. Thanks a lot. <laughs> Corey's going to go do it on purpose to try to get normal sized balls. Um, it does not feel good. It hurts. <laughs> so, no, you know, you can gain capacity. I hadn't been on a GHD in about a year. And, you know, we are lucky. So, like, so last time you coached a class about the same time? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was doing the GHD. Okay. I was coaching. Okay. And uh, we, we are very lucky. CrossFit, um, the office over here closed down. And they, yeah. they gave a lot of us trainers some equipment. I got, like, a brand new badass GHD now That's in the basement. Cool. And I've been doing almost 100 a day. The first – I told you this, actually, right? We worked together, like, a weekend ago. And yeah. I was really sorry I did 75 and now I've been pushing it to a hundred and I'm like, I don't feel it. So you can gain that capacity quickly. So you're doing a hundred or now you're up to a hundred a day. What's like, what are the sets you're doing though? You're not just doing a hundred for time or something. You know, silly I, like that. So 
typically like to warm up in the morning, I'll do like mm -hmm. a 30 minute, like just moving. So I'll, yeah. I'll just kind of make something up. I'll do like, for example, yesterday, I think it was, I did like four rounds of 2,500 meters on the bike, uh, 25 sit-ups just to move in the morning. Cool. Yeah. But, but you know, for me, I was just like, I feel like my midline was lacking because I'm not, I hadn't been doing any of them. Yeah. Um, so I liked it. Um, yeah, I like that, Joby. Look at this guy. He's so smart over here. So there's four movements that we talk about on the GHD. We'll break those down. And then, you know, let's also just talk about some other things like utilizing them at the box, how many a lot of affiliates have. But if we're talking posterior, so we've been kind of talking about the sit-up. Let's flip it over. Yeah. Posterior, we, we say the beginner movements, the hip extension, intermediate back extension, advanced hip and back extension. If you guys... At, think back to your level one. What we tell you is kind of develop 25, the capacity to do 25 under control. You want to pull those up, Cody. I see you got those. Um, I, I'd say 99% of the time you see someone, this is Julie. She's doing a back extension right there. But And that's actually the GHD that they gave me. Um, <laughs> there's a hip extension. Would you, would you say 90 plus percent of the time someone's working their posterior, they're doing a hip extension? Yeah, I think that's probably accurate. I think, um, you know, we talk about this in, in the level one too, if, especially if you see them in a, you know, a conditioning style workout where the intensity is higher, most of the time people are going to um, default to the hip extension because you can move a little bit quicker and you're not losing your neutral spine position. So I think most people, that's the one they recognize. Um, I think the back extension and the hip and back extension maybe they don't get used because I think people might not know exactly how to execute correctly as well. I, I think that's very true. Uh, I mean, it did not come with a Julie Fouché, um, but, <laughs> but yeah, like for example, filthy fifties is back extensions. No one does back extensions. And I think it's, it's one of the things that, you know, like you, I think there's two things. One, the sit up has a range of motion, right? At least in competition. Right? And yeah. we can break that down where it's like you touch something and we can talk about what full range of motion is for you know everyone else. But the hip extension and the back extension, we know there's an end range of motion. Hip extension, when you no longer maintain that neutral spine, but it's not like um, measurable, observable, and repeatable across people, even across yeah. yourself, because you're hopefully developing flexibility over time. Yeah, agree. So let's answer this for Joby. Yep. I know the answer to you. He knows the answer to this question, but he's, uh, so he just wants our opinion. He's just making it clear. He's smart. He knows, <laughs> he knows why isn't the back extension considered the beginner movement? What do you think? What would you, how would you answer that? Well, I think the, the hip extension is the beginner one because it mimics the other nine foundational movements that we do where your, your hip is dynamic, your trunk is static or your, your back is static. And that's why we start there and then introduce that, that range of motion through the spine with the back extension. Yeah, I think, you know, we, we often say like, this should look like everything we often do is flexion of the hip while maintaining a neutral spine. Yeah. However, you know, and, and in addition to that, I'd, I'd say showing me you can do a hip extension shows me you have some prerequisite strength and capacity to now move on to a back extension where the other- and it's not necessarily in reverse and strength capacity and awareness. Like yeah. how often do you have somebody get on there to, and as soon as they're in that plane and they start to try to move their hip, you see their background right away. Cause they just simply don't have the awareness of how to move those things independently. Um, so yeah, I think that brings up a good point. Well, and, and, and you bring up a point there too, where, I, and I think one of the, criticisms of the ghd is just like well how do we use this in class because mm -hmm. like you just said like we we talk about this in the lecture there's a vernacular if i tell katie to flex her hip she understands extend her hip she understands all that stuff round your back you know extend your, your back but we we rarely see them in class just because a they're real estate they take up a lot yeah and they, they are expensive when it comes you know com comparable to other things how have you best implemented these in, in, in the affiliates you've coached at? Yeah, it's, and I think this is such a valid point that should be talked about in the level one too, because 
it's I think it's probably universal that people don't have a lot of GHDs. Well, so and, it needs and to be while you're, sorry, while you're going, you guys in the comments, rather than just talking about Julie Fouché and the GHD, I expect more from you, Nick. Nick, you are our mature <laughs> listener. Um, comment how many GHDs are at your affiliate. How many GHDs are at oh, your affiliate? If question. you're listening, let's hear. But go on, go on with that, Katie. So we incorporate them into things like warm-ups and cool downs, but that has to be very that has to be written into the class plan and very intentional because there's a big teaching component when it comes to the GHD. So what I'm not doing is just saying, okay guys, here's your warm-up. If you know for the next five minutes, hop on the GHD and accumulate 20 hip extensions. It, there, it's a teaching moment. So I build in maybe five minutes of a lesson plan in a warm-up to teach. And then we might create like a little cycle where it's, we have, we have three GHDs. So we have three people start on the GHD. We have a group of people doing, um, you know, barbell good mornings. We have some other folks doing couch stretch and I create sort of a little cycle and we rotate through and I set myself up at the GHD and the other stations are kind of self, you know, regulated where there's, there doesn't have to be a ton of teaching involved. Um, and then if they're in a workout, I want people to get exposed to them in a workout, but it's very, it's like every round, I want you to do five hip extensions or five sit-ups to parallel. And then you're going to finish that round of reps with an ab mat sit-up or with a good morning. Um, and, you know, that I think that's how we start to expose people to, to earn the right to do a higher volume. Yeah, because I mean, other than Anasan, who has zero at his affiliate right now, you know, mm -hmm. one, two, five, which is great. Five Joby. is nice, yeah. Yeah, I mean, at five, you can pretty much implement. I mean, I've been to Roots. Roots has like six, I want to say. Yeah. Um, you know, five, six, you know, depending on the, even if you have a 15-person class, you can program in such a way that you can, whether it's EMOM or, mm -hmm. you know, you go, I go. Like, now we can start to implement in there. But yeah. I think most affiliates are probably doing it. And this is where it goes wrong, like, for an Anasan's example, it's like we had one, we got rid of it because we never use it, but it's probably because yeah, with one, you're never going to program. But like Katie just said, warmups and cooldowns, you should be using it consistently. And, you know, one of the questions we have is like in a given week, how often should we be using a GHD as a midline capacity building tool? I would say one to two times a week. What do you think? Yeah. I was going to say one, just realistically, depending yeah, on... Yeah your class sizes, the programming, et cetera. I think one, one is going to be way more than most people are probably using it right now. Once a week, getting people on there. So I think one, once a week is a great place to, to shoot for. Yeah. And Joby, can you pull that comment up, uh, Cody? How can you implement only one? We'll talk about that, Amanda. Glassman said this. I heard him say, you know, something along those lines is if you don't have one, you should get one. I was at a Glassman 101 back in like 2008 or nine. Uh, he was touring the, the, the country kind of just doing seminars. And one of the girls was uh, like, oh, you know, we don't have one. We can't afford it. And he was like, I'm going to buy you one. And then I was like, Oh, I can't afford one either. Um, <laughs> but, no, but that's, here's, what, here's what else I can't afford. <laughs> you bet. Um, so, but, but that's how adamant he was about it. And, and, you know, and I agree, like, if you have an affiliate, you, a GH, it's like saying, I don't have barbells or I don't have rings. It's like, you know, CrossFit is an affiliate model. Cool. You don't need to own one, but it's, it's certainly, you know, an, an important piece that I, I think you should have. Um, let's talk about how would you implement only you have one GHD. Have you ever coached on a box with one? No, I think, uh, I think in the early days of CrossFit Jacks, I think we had two. I think we always had two. So so let's let's work walk through this, Amanda. So you have one, and let's say you never have classes smaller than eight. What would you do? Are you asking me? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Certainly not Cody drinking his mimosa offline. <laughs> drunk already. Um, I would probably go so similar. This is just off the cuff. Um, it's not the only idea. It's just the first thing I can think of. Yeah, um, put you on the spot. You're, yeah, you're level I, four. You should get you. You know, you should get used to this. A lot of people are going to look up to you. They're going to be like, you're the real right. deal. Like, you know. Yeah. Thanks, Jay. Um, you're muted. So, go ahead. One face. He says, he says uh, uh, pop quiz hot shot. <laughs> Who says that? Who says that? That's Fern. Oh, yeah. Pop oh. quiz hot shot. By yeah. the way, 
Did everybody watch Ted Lasso last night? Was it the new season premiere? Yeah, season premiere oh. yesterday. Last night, you got to go watch it. I got to get on it. Yeah, you want to hop so off good. right now and go watch it? Come back. Yeah, I'll now. be back. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, let's so how do you remember Yeah, back on track. So I'd go back to the idea that I talked about in the warm-ups where you create different stations, but I would have, you know, depending on how big your class is, half of you are going to hit this in the warm-up and half of you are going to hit it in the cool-down. So see, you already, this is, this is why you're level four. If I'm going to give you any, like, that's good right there. That's good. This yeah. is the, you guys write that down. Write that okay. down everybody. All right. So um, you can maybe do, you can build in all your teaching on the front end, but then for those that don't get to hit it in the warm-up, you, you know, you build in seven minutes uh, after the workout in the cool down and those five, six, seven people or whatever that didn't get to do it can do it in the cool down. Yeah. You know, here's the thing I was going to ask you as well. It's one of the rare movements where every time we do it, we need to teach. Yeah. I mean, I unless so. you look at a class and be like all eight of you have been on here, but you know, back to, you know, this scenario, like, Hey, something you got eight people, three of which have never been on it. Cool. Like maybe those three, you're going to do Superman's or you're going to do hollow. Like just because we're okay. using it like anything, there's, you know, it's universal, universally scalable. Secondly, yeah. even if, okay, now that's their second time there. Cool. Can you just hold the Superman position? Like we don't have to get them moving through it. The other thing I would probably do, and I'm sure you would do the same. It's like, Hey, Katie, you're going to be with those four people in the warm up. You've been on yeah. this, your experience, make sure no one's going too far, you know? So take that's, this is a good time to take your veteran members and, and give them a little responsibility. Yeah. I think that's nice when you can do that and sort of task them with um, number one, dem like demoing and making sure that you choose the right person to demo it, obviously, because it's that way you can you can talk and point, you know, to different body parts as they're demoing. And then, yeah, putting them with some of the newer athletes and saying, you know, yeah, just wa make sure that uh, watch everybody's low back and make sure everybody's keeping that arch in their lower back. Um, and it's just going back to the teaching point. It's just like anything else. Building in a progression is going to build in your scaling options too, hopefully. So if you have everybody start with supermans and then everybody start with good mornings, you know, even PVC, good mornings, and then, you know, move on from there. And so if you're not comfortable in the GHG, just holding the Superman, no problem. We're going to just go back down to the ground and, and work Superman's from the floor. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we can put targets there. We can spot each other. There's lots, you know, and it's a good way to, to develop each other. It's funny. Cause I was just thinking, you know, I go to lifetime. They have a really badass GHD, like top of oh, the really? line. I've never seen anyone on it doing anything that resembles anything we teach. It's like they're I'm it's sure. like they're doing weird shit every time. Um, you should video it. Can you video some of that? Get some footage. There's so much stuff I want to video at Lifetime, but yeah. you know, Roz coach is there, so I don't want to make her don't look bad. Don't ruffle any they're, feathers. Yeah. They're like going to a global gym is fun. Like you see, funny. There's people like I do think over the last 15 years at like you know I think Globo gym is offensive. So whatever input whatever word you're supposed to when I'm offensive globo gym like it's evolved like more people are doing more normal looking things yeah there's, but there's always some craziness yeah I mean crazy. look more more people in the gym any gym moving their body is a That's good a thing good. so yeah Brad Marshall great greater culture CrossFit is it is it did I say it right Brad or is it CrossFit greater culture do you think it is a movement that should be programmed at high intensity? Which one? The hip extension? Oh, good follow-up. Let's um let's let him chime in on that. But okay. you know, in general, I mean, obviously we see the GHD sit-up done in intensity and the hip extension, but we like we were talking about, we rarely see I've never seen a hip and back extension programmed of you. I don't want to say never. Like I I mean, I've maybe seen them on dot com at some point, don't you I think? Mean, I just, how many judges can you name right here? Michelle Moots. Michelle. Uh, everyone Simon? looks the same with those hats on. Yeah. Simon? Maybe. Joe Maisley. Russell. Yeah. Pablo. Look at the, look at that range of motion. Woo. Oh, well, okay, Cody, you brought this up here. Let's talk about it, Katie. I know we're I know we're um uh, bouncing all over the place here. Range of motion on the GHD setup. This is obviously the CrossFit games. Mm -hmm. I 
They're probably doing weighted sit-ups. That's probably not their target. No, that's I think they're holding that and touching the ball to yeah. the, the foot pads. So clearly the range of motion here is the ball to the ground. But let's take a look at like this girl. Do you have any idea who this is? Nah. Right? Me neither. Cody, you know who that is? Can you look that up? Can you Google this girl who's that? Um so doesn't uh, matter. She's clearly overextended. Would we agree her body is not designed? That's like a crazy bridge right there. Yeah. Uh, I you mean, because look, compared to this, let's call that that makes me think it's Sam Briggs. I don't know why, but could be that, that is like she's still got midline. But the uh, oh, you guys can't see my arrow, can you? I'm like doing no. a whole like John Madden thing on this computer right here. The girl well, in the black, the second girl in has like maintained neutral spine yes. for the most part. Thanks, that Cody. looks like an acceptable range of motion. Right. No, but let's be clear. This is the CrossFit Games. Everyone has to have a measurable, observable, repeatable range of motion that can be judged. Yeah, that's yeah. it. There, there has to be a judging standard for competition. That first girl, she's probably much. I mean, you can tell. Look how close, Cody. Go to the um the foot pegs. You could tell how close they are to the pads that she's short. Right. So she probably has to overextend. Well, I mean, they're close yeah. to. The, you know, and that's yeah. right, Matt. It's comp versus training. So, yep. Let while we're at this, Katie, tell everybody the range of motion their members should be hitting. Yeah, I mean, we're looking to go basically just slightly past parallel. So, at the bottom range of motion, if you freeze frame somebody, the shoulder should be slightly lower than the hip. But really, that the straight line from knee through hip through shoulder that straight line is going to be perfectly acceptable for 99% of people. Anything beyond that is probably excessive. Um, and, and to be quite honest with you, I, um, when I do GHG setups, I, I go to about parallel, like in a workout and that's, that's plenty of range of motion for me too. And I still get the stimulus of a setup I, because if I do too many at, and I get tired and I go past way past range of motion it's it's not worth it so just bringing the range of motion up is completely acceptable in training like there's no there's no reason to touch the floor in training no and and for that reason for everyone you can use uh, a soft box you know like a, a crash pad if you will medicine sure. ball bumper plates but raise that floor you know we say it in the lecture people come in different sizes ghds come in different sizes that range of motion doesn't deviate and if you really feel the need to give someone a target, put a target down there based on the fact that they're maintaining that neutral spine. And like Katie just yeah. said, shoulders below the hips. Um, yeah. So let's go back to, to Brad's question. He had yeah. said, um, you know, he, he was talking about any movement on the GHD, basically. Why do we not see many of them programmed at intensity? Um, I guess... Number one, I think for, for a long time, CrossFit.com was programming stuff on the GHD. So it's it's not that CrossFit is avoiding programming it. I think maybe affiliates avoid programming it for a couple of reasons because they only have so many. So it's easier just to say, I'm, I'm not going to program GHD. And because maybe coaches aren't armed with enough information to dose people up responsibly. And, and I'm not putting that on the coaches saying, you know, you should know better, but kind of, I mean, we should educate ourselves and you have to go, you have to take the extra step to, I talk to every individual person who's going to be on a GHD in a workout to talk to them about the volume, their range of motion. You know, I want you to break the sets up in this many numbers. Like I have that conversation with everybody because everybody's tolerance is a little bit different. Um, but yeah, I think it's just being apprehensive and not wanting to hurt anybody. I think probably that's why people avoid it. I don't think it needs to be avoided though. I think it's like anything else, a high skill movement. You don't have to avoid it. You just have to have lots of options in terms of a teaching progression to get people closer to being able to get on the GHD. Well, you know, and as you're saying that I'm thinking for most people, their only exposure as far as coaching the GHD sit up is 
a 25 minute lecture at their level one. Yeah. Right. So what can we do to better educate? I mean, obviously it's in the manual, there's videos out there, but it is hard. Like you get one lecture. We don't really get on. We not that we don't really, we don't get on it at the level one. And I think that's yeah. simply a byproduct of like, there's so much to cover. You know, we, yeah. we do touch on it, but you well, know. sorry. No, no, go on. I think that as coaches, maybe the best way to start learning is we need to get on the GHD and start going through these progressions at different, um, different ranges of motion, different sets, different amounts of volume so that we know and understand how it feels and video yourself, what, whether you have somebody do it or you set up your phone so that you can start assessing your own movement on there. Cause that's a hard one to assess when you're on the GHD, you might think it looks a certain way and then you watch it back and you're like, Oh wow. I didn't realize that that's where my body was in space. So I think we need to get on there and do a little bit of research ourselves so that we can be better prepared to coach people through it. Yeah. On that note, you know, now that I have a GHD, one of my goals is to do 25 hip and back extensions in a row <laughs> No, over the, over the course of the year. Oh, <laughs> I was going to say, no, 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 yeah. no, in a row. Like that is my goal. I Your mean, goal is to do 25 unbroken, but it take a year to build up. To no, no, no. Things. I was joking about the year. My goal is simply to do 25. It that's might a lot. take it. Well, that's what we yeah. talked about at the level one. And I've never seen anyone do it. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, I think I want to say Kelly Jackson. Uh, yeah, I, mean, I, I haven't seen her do it, do it, but yeah. I've, I've heard um, rumors that Nadia used to be able to demonstrate yeah. it. Um, so, I mean, I, I know there are people that can do it, but it's incredibly like, demanding and and challenging. Yeah. Oh yeah. I, mean, I, <laughs> I do, I do one or two in the, in the lecture and I'm like, oof, I feel that. I, I feel like if you pushed me, I can probably get to 10 right now. Well, and if you do it intentionally and at, not that it has to be slow motion, but it certainly needs to be controlled, the tempo. And if you do it at the correct tempo and intentionally hitting the, the, the pieces of flexion and extension at the right time, I mean, it's, it's brutal. Yeah. Prove it, Joby. Video <laughs> yourself and send it in. If Joby does it, Cody, come on, Cody, come on the screen for a second. If, if Joe, Joby sends it to us, we will put it on the best hour of their day YouTube channel. What are you going to, and you're going to buy him a GHD, right? Oh. <laughs> $725. Yeah. If, if Mike, if Mike donates another, yeah, 700 bucks. So Joby, let's, Joby competition right now, virtual type in handshake. If you agree, first the 25 slow and controlled. Let's go. What's the bet? What's the wager? All right. $50 wager. Mike, Mike's putting it out there. Who's in? Do it. Any, anybody look, that types hey, in handshake on this episode is, is involved. Look, if it happens, I'm going to, I'm going to air it on the next breaking down the level one manual show. It's going to be the first thing we talk about. Right? Yeah, hey, no, we're going to break gotta... this down. Hand type in handshake. If you're in Nick, Mike, Matt, Corey, whoever's in Mike's Mike, you hold that $50 in escrow. First to get to front 25. Katie, hey, you in? No. <laughs> All right. Joby, give me the handshake. He's in. All right. Let's do it. That'll be fun. And give me a little challenge. Um, let's uh, let's get back to some questions. Um, yeah. Do we kind of talked about this? You know, do we really need to touch the ground on the GHD sit up or is breaking parallel good enough? I'd say for 99% of the people, breaking parallel. I, and personally, I think there are times where that's more challenging because you're really maintaining your midline. Yeah. Where you saw that picture of that girl there. Like she's so overextended. Yes. Unbroken Nick Pierce. Unbroken. Well, and it's easier. I mean, in the moment, it's probably easier to just completely let wow. yourself go backwards and touch the ground. You know what I mean? And just be loose in, in the midsection. Um, but that's, I mean, that over time and, the next couple days is going to just trash you for sure. Yeah. Austin, when he gives a lecture, calls it like being a wet noodle. Yeah. And that's what it looks like. Yeah. But that's a great visual of full range of motion. Right. Her, Cody, put your cursor hips, Julie's hips. Like, yep. Her, and then her, her shoulders mm -hmm. straight down. Right. So straight. Yeah. And if you look at that straight line, if we were to, you know, chop that off and put her upright, 
it yeah. looks like your natural S curve, you know, slight yeah. extension, slight. which is okay, right? But um, because yeah. her her abdominals are still engaged, right. you're being that she hasn't lost. Enough, buddy. Stop it! <laughs> it's not that this type of show. Julie's, Julie's a getting of the a show. lot. She's getting a lot of love on this episode. She's a friend of the show. She's actually, she's going to come on soon, right, Cody? When do we have a date for Julie Fouché at Wild Health? We don't have a date, but she's coming on for sure. Cool. Um, she's awesome. Yeah, Julie rocks. So let's uh, let's let's bring it to uh, back to the ab map. We haven't actually talked about the ab map yeah. at all. We have no allegiance to the ab map. Um, I think the developer developer of the ab map used to talk about packing sand under his back, doing sit ups on the beach. I think it was wasn't it a former Navy SEAL who yeah, really like inv- yeah invented this just from doing sit ups in the sand or on the beach. Yeah, yeah. yeah just, you know, just talking about it. You know, if you look at those pictures, uh, do you do you have a preference? Thick side, thin side. Jenny, the other last seminar said thick side, and I, I think she actually said thin side. I, I've heard it most of the time. I think people say put the thicker side up against your low back. To be completely honest with you, I don't know if it makes that much of a difference. I don't think so. Uh, and I, most ab mats, after like two years, they're so soft anyway. Yeah, yeah. You, I don't you, think it. You ever do sit ups on a brand new ab mat? It feels like you're using a GHD. Yeah, they're like super, super. Tough. significantly yeah. harder um so we talk about butterflying the feet Let, yep. let's let's discuss that why do, okay. why do we do that so butterflying the feet is primarily to task the job of sitting up to your abdominals and take your hip flexors out of the equation a little bit more when your feet are on the ground knees bent pointed towards the sky your hip flexors are going to help you sit up just like they help in a GHD setup. So when you butterfly the feet, we're just removing the hip flexors a little bit and making sure that the abdominals are tasked with the majority of the work. That's all that is. Yeah. And if you're unsure, you know, we can, we can look at two things. One, butterfly your feet without an ab mat and you'll realize how much harder it is because your hip flexors aren't yeah. involved anymore and you don't mm-hmm. have that fulcrum to push off of. So great test there. Butterfly your feet. Don't use momentum. Just cross your yeah, arms like this guy was, you know, yeah. and uh, and try doing a sit up. Um, let's. There's some. There's, hey, and you guys watching as we wrap up, post any question you have on the GHD on any of the movements uh, for Katie and myself, and we'll dig into. So, Cody, will you flag some of those questions, and then we'll make sure we'll hit them all rapid fire style uh, towards the end. What is the one thing most people get wrong about any of these four movements? Oh, so let's talk about each one. Hip extension. What do we typically see go wrong? Uh, I would say people set up incorrectly. That could be true for all of them, though. It, that's probably a common fault with all of them. So let's dig in. When we well, the setup for the hip extension, the hip and back extension, and the GHD setup are typically all the same. Yeah, for most people, I think you're going to set your foot pads in the same spot for all all three of those. The so, back extension is what's going to be different. Right. So looking at Julie in picture A, and I mean, really all of them, but A specifically, you can see that her hips are free and clear of the pad because in this, her her trunk is going to stay static and her hips are going to be dynamic. So she needs to have space to flex at the hips. Go, And then that's going to be the same for the hip and back extension. Cody, find the back extension. Cool. So now you'll see that she's moved the foot pegs back so her hips are further back on the pad to trap her hips because now her hips are going to say static and her trunk is going to be dynamic. So she's trying to lock that in place. And then yeah. I assume the next picture down, Cody, is the hip and back extension. Yeah. So you see again here, let's, let's walk through it. So Katie, walk, walk them through this, please. Okay. So for the hip and back extension, it starts in that Superman position. The first thing you see her do is she kind of tucks her chin and starts to round out her back one vertebrae at a time, starting up the cervical spine through the thoracic spine. And then we go down all the way down to that lumbar curve. So she's completely flexed at the spine. Once she's at that end range of motion, she re-extends the spine. Yep, right there. So now she's in trunk extension. To reverse this, she's going to go back to trunk flexion. And you'll notice that the hip is now open. So the hip was closed, the picture before. Now the hip is open and her back is flexed and she regains extension all the way through to the top. 
Yeah, so that's what we're looking for. Under control. Dude, you know, oftentimes this is slow because we're doing it under control. How long do you think the average hip and back extension should take? Um, five to six seconds. Yeah, that's kind of where I was going. So that means if we're doing 25, you know, we're taking near over two minutes. Are you going to grab the handles to rest at any point? Not like, you I'm, know what I mean? Toby probably will. I won't. That's cheating. <laughs> oh, man. It's resting. So tough. It's like saying, are you going to put the bar down while you're going touch and go? Like you are, but that you're no longer going unbroken. You cannot do it that way. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I can't wait. Yeah. And let's talk setup on the GHD while we're at it. Right. You know, we, we, we kind of wrap up the GHD lecture with like, Hey, people talk about their back hurts. And you know, a lot of times it's, so pull those pictures up. Uh, no, if you want the fifty dollars, I love it, Mike. That's a, yeah. Look at James' haircut. It's such a fresh haircut. James um, looks the same. So you know, Jen Hunter Marshall would say biscuits off the pad. Yeah, that's right? that's critical. And I again, I think on this one, that's a, one of the most common faults is just that people don't set it up correctly. Um, and if you know, with her hips off the pad like that, that gives her hips room to move, which needs to happen. Because if the hip is trapped and it can't be dynamic, that means that all the dynamic movement will be in the spine or in the trunk, which is what we don't want. And then what's the other way that people will tell you their back's bothering them? Um, in the sit-up specifically? Yeah. Yeah, I think just over, just doing too much range of motion. They're trying to extend too far. Yeah, too far. But then also, wouldn't you say if they don't uh, rapidly extend the knees? Oh, yeah, sure. Like over a big amount of volume, I think if you don't extend the knees, and there was a question about this too. Maybe we could hit on that. Um, Oh, there we go, Mike's. I'll pull it up. Cody? Yeah, that when you rapidly extend the knee, you know, and use your hip flexors to help sit up, um, it's going to be faster. You're taxing more more muscles and bigger muscles with the work, which is what we want to do. So over time, if you don't do that, it just means that not that your hip, your, your psoas isn't, or your rectus femoris isn't working, but your psoas is probably being taxed more than it should be, which is, you know, attaches to your lower back. And so potentially over a big amount of volume that could lead to some discomfort in your low back. Yeah. Go ahead. Well, Mike's question about, you know, like I have athletes who will try to save their legs a little bit if it's like a very leg intensive workout and they don't want their quads to burn up on the sit up. I think that's a strategy thing and it's fine. But over time, if that's always the way they're doing it, we just have to be aware of, you know, the potential discomfort that that could lead to. And it's slower. It's just slower when you don't extend your knee. Yeah. Makes sense for a games athlete if we have a. 800 or 185 pound lunges. Remember we did that event yeah. this year, right? So it's like, I know my legs are going to get shot. I'm going to, it's okay that I'm putting this on my back. Like, yeah. Right? If you're getting it, right. And this goes back to, you know, the task at hand. We've talked about this before. Most of your members, Mike, are not good enough to be doing something poorly on purpose. In other words, oh, it's a lightweight on a squat plane. Cool still I need you to open your hips because you're not good enough to know when you are and aren't. You're not a games athlete who's purposely shorting movements because of other things going on. Um, Before we get to, I see Cody has a picture of what looks to be a glute ham raise. Let's just touch on Rabdo one more time. Um, GHD sit-up is one of the most easy ways to give someone Rabdo just due to that eccentric loading. Mm -hmm. Um, So for that reason, you know, we talk about in the lecture, Prove to me you could do 25 ab mat sit-ups and not with your arms flailing, slow and controlled. Prove to me that you could do 25 to parallel. And even then, see you, Joby. The bet is on, Joby. Let's (laughs) go. Uh, And then prove to me you could do three, five. Let's build up over time. But it should not be a test. You should not have to, you know, prove that you could do 25 and and give yourself a rhabdo. Develop capacity over time. Yep. Unless you're Corey and you want your balls to swell, don't do that. All right. Let's 
let's not end this show on swelling balls. We gotta we gotta end it a different way. Tell me a show. We talk about swelling <laughs> balls. Um, Cody, pull that picture up of Mr. Hobie doing uh there we go. You don't see this often. Mm-mm. Are you familiar with this movement, level four? Yeah, the, the glute ham race. Yeah. We we I mean rarely see this. Yeah. But what a I, what a great way to dem like to develop hamstring. Uh, totally. Oh, these are awesome. they're very challenging and demanding um, on the hamstrings. I think, I mean, I guess I can't speak from like this isn't level one content speaking, but just you know we introduced the three movements for the posterior side of the GHD, just like we introduced nine foundational movements. Could we add movements? Uh, sure, because there's tons of movements that we don't necessarily cover in the level one that are extremely valuable, you know. But the hip extension the back extension are more a little bit more beginner and again they the the hip extension mimics so many other movements that we do um you know the ghd setup where we're using we're extending the knee um and using the hip flexors to set up like again that's a that's a very common motor pattern that we're using and so i don't think there's anything wrong with this at all i think add it to your repertoire if you if you gain capacity in the other ones first i would say and, you know, but I think you kind of nailed it. Like the hip extension, the back extension, even, you know, we talk about the hip and back extension. It's like someone rounding their back on their deadlift yeah. and they lift their chest and get, regain that neutral spine under flexion of the hip. Right. This is not, I don't want to say it's a non-functional movement, but it's not a movement you're probably going to do often in life. It maybe is not as natural, right? We talk about that when we talk about. Where you're um, really going to load that hamstring up. Yeah. Right. And, and, and flex at the knee. So, right. you know, we just don't see it. But again, that doesn't mean don't do it. Be developing, yeah. be learning everything. Uh, we just don't cover it at the, at the level one. Um, Cody, before we wrap up, let's, uh, let's bring up some questions. What do we got still? All I see is swollen balls from Brian Boucher. <laughs> Tips for folks who find the motion of GHD to make them a little dizzy. Pretty yeah. common. How do you, yeah. what do you tell people to do? I tell them to stop being a baby and keep going. So there's answer number one. I'm going to give you a much better answer. And I think that is don't swing your head back and forth. Like you don't need to whip your head back. You can tuck your chin and try to find a focal point on the wall or the ceiling in front of you and keep your gaze there. And that's going to help a lot with the dizziness. Yeah. I mean, two answers that I, are, man, first of all, let me tell you a story. Madison loves spinning now. She like she yeah. says dizzy, dizzy. And I spin her and then I'm like, I'm dizzy. Like I can't like I don't know what happened. All yeah. of a sudden, like three spins, and I'm like, I'm gonna throw up. So, but one thing that like you said, Katie, it's like pick a spot in front of you and try to eyeball that every time you come up. Here's another mm -hmm. tip. This is a level four tip. You can write this down, Katie. You're gonna want to write this down. Um, chew bubblegum. What? Hmm. See? Why? Because a lot. What the heck is that? <laughs> <laughs> a lot of times, you're, you're they're clenching their jaw, and by chewing bubble gum, it keeps your your jaw a little more relaxed. So then you can choke on your gum as you go upside down. Yeah, it's then... a choking hazard, but you're not going to have a headache. Okay, great. There you go. <laughs> no, but it really does work. That's for like anyone. Whenever someone's like really clenching their, you know, you're grinding their teeth in workouts. You know, everyone's wearing these mouth guards these days. Chew gum. Chew some bubble gum. I'm here to chew bubble gum and kick ass. And guess what? We're all out of bubble gum. Uh, what else we got, Cody? Any other questions? No, that was uh, – you answered the other one that we had. You know, she she uh, went in-depth and captured the other one. Um, I do have a question, though. Let's say somebody doesn't have a GHD and you still want to try to capture some of that range of motion. What about Good. a bozu ball? Would, Good would that work? Question. First you can of use all, a medicine ball too. Or an, or an exercise ball, right? First of all, the founder of the Bosu ball, David Weck, friend of the show, he's been on, good guy. Uh, go check him out. Um, I got one in the, uh, first of all, when people say Bosu ball, they're typically referring to the ball. The Bosu ball, I forget what it stands for, is the one where the ball has the flat surface on the bottom. Yeah. Right? But you can yeah. do that there. What are some other ways you've created that range of motion, Katie? Um, we've used medicine balls and then typically you're going to want some dumbbells to anchor your feet for this one. Um, but you, 
take a like take a heavier medicine ball, a 20 pound medicine ball, sit on it, not directly on top, but you do have to kind of slide your hips forward a little bit, anchor mm. your feet on those dumbbells, and then you can go back. And that will give you a little bit of that, you know, slightly past parallel range of motion that mimics the GHD setup. Well, let me walk you through another one. No one's going to do this one. Chew bubblegum. Chew bubblegum. No, I mean, <laughs> jujitsu, we do this. So you guys familiar with the position of guard? No. So you're, imagine this. You're lying on your back. You're lying on your back, Cody. I'm going to use Cody as my example because it'll get weird with Katie. You're lying on your back, and then I get between your legs, and you wrap your legs around me. Oh, yeah, you're totally right. right. <laughs> hey, that's I'm why out. I didn't use you, Katie. Got it? Yeah. I roll with women all the time, though. And then I stand up, and now your legs are wrapped around me. You could do a big sit-up. I mean, don't do this at your cross. I was going to say, you're, now we're talking about some liability issues, maybe, yeah, I mean, the affiliate. It's HR to me. <laughs> I think probably even just talking about it with Cody, I broke some HR rules. Yeah. Anybody does this, we need to get tagged in this. I got to see this. <laughs> you're going to be hearing about this later. <laughs> if Roz wasn't pregnant, I'd have her do it tonight. But uh, um, no, it, I mean, it's a good drill. If you want to do that. Um, hey, one thing we didn't talk about, because it's not part of this, is a reverse hyper, right? We're not going to talk about that anywhere else uh, in the in breaking down the manual. I love. I want to get one. I used to have one back when I lived in New York. I got to get one down here. It's one of the mm -hmm. best things I've gotten to really heal up my low back. Have you guys ever used one? I've heard people mostly using it for re rehabilitation stuff. And I've heard, say, we, we don't have one, unfortunately. We did at CrossFit Jacks, and that's where again, it takes up a lot of space. So it's hard to store, but, um, yeah, a lot of people would use it for, for rehabbing, um, not even just like big injuries, but just little tweaks here and there with their low back. Yeah. I mean, RIP Louis Simmons, right. But he's the one that mm -hmm. created it and he created it to heal a broken back. He literally broke his back and you know, what, what he found was for a reverse hyper and, you know, I bring it up cause there's you know plenty of ways you can kind of mimic this as well. Um, mm -hmm and you're letting your legs swing and it opens up that low back provides blood flow to that lowest part, like that sacrum. And yeah, um, yeah there's, there's a couple, there's a, there's a West side version on rogue that I'm probably going to buy because you can fold it up. Um, what, what I found with the reverse hyper is you just want to leave it loaded over in the corner. So you just hop on it. Um, yeah. That's the rogue version, which is freaking badass. Um, if you pull up the Louis Simmons version, it's like 400. I've been looking at them. It's like 475. Yeah, um, I mean, Corey's talking about they had one, got rid of it because it was mostly used for storage. It's if we're talking about what's what's the most necessary in an affiliate, what are people going to get the most use out of? I don't know if this is something I would yeah, right away spend money to get in the gym. Certainly not, and that's the reason I don't have one down here. Is it's kind of like <laughs> what movies on in the back? Someone's <laughs> watching. Then Cody's wife is watching TV. Um, <laughs> It's, it's, I think both the GHD and, and the reverse hyper, the issue is it's not that they just take up real estate. It's that they take up real estate for one movement only. Yeah. Right. It's just like, it's going to sit here and we're only going to use it when we use it and there's mm -hmm. no easy way to store it. So um, yeah, I'll probably get one once uh, Roz lets me get rid of one of her Pelotons so I can put it over there. <laughs> Good um, luck to you. She's not going to let me do that. Cool. Well, any other questions, comments, Cody or Katie or listeners on, is it listeners or watchers if we're on YouTube, Cody? Listeners, watchers, people in the chat. I don't know, whatever you on want to the call chat. it. You got two level fours on here right now. Anything you want to know, I'll give you guys three minutes. Anything coaching related because we are wrapping up the breaking down the level one manual. We have one more episode next week uh, where we're kind of going to go through those back pages, uh, the, the trainer agreements, et cetera. But then... This is breaking news, Cody. We're going right into breaking down the level two manual. And we've got some mm. amazing guests already lined up. We've got Pat Barber, Joe DeGain, Steve Haydock, and many more coming on. Wow. So we're going to keep the show rolling right into the L2 manual. So thoughts on the box ad on GH. I've never seen it. In, yeah, I'm not action. sure what that is. Yeah, you can strap it. There's a GHD piece that sits on the box. Oh, um, oh, I see. Yeah, I have seen that. I, I think it's probably good if you had like storage to put them in between. But my guess, Nick, would be it's probably not going to get used because it's probably a pain in the ass to strap it on a box. 
So you're better off just buying a GHD that's going to sit over in the corner. <laughs> what is, oops, sorry. What is a major difference between L3 and L4 professionally? Uh, well, typically the L4s are the most professional out there, I'd say. Would you agree with that, Katie? Based on what, based on your like behavior or what? Somebody told me yesterday I was 44 going on 13. Is that good? Mm, it depends on your definition of good. I think <laughs> if, and maybe I'm, if I'm not understanding the question correctly, you can correct me, Amanda. But um, if you mean professionally, like opportunities professionally, mm. um, I'm not sure in terms of, I think what CrossFit's working really hard on right now is creating opportunities for people who are furthering their credentials in CrossFit um, based on that continuing education. And so I, I guess I can't speak to specific examples of what that means, but I know that that is something that the education department at CrossFit is working really hard on to incentivize people, you know, caring about getting better is one thing. And you do, you have to care about wanting to get better, but incentivizing, why should I want to do this? What does that mean for me professionally? So I wish I could give you a more solid answer, but I know that there, that is something that is being worked on all the time. Yeah. And not, let me chime in and then we'll answer Brad's question before we wrap up. I'll say this. I don't know how you feel, Katie. The, the L3 is freaking still outstanding and prestigious, but the further along we get, the more people that are going to have it. If someone showed up to my affiliate with the level four, it's like, oh, damn, how much do you want? I'm hiring you. And I would probably yeah. say that's the same for the L3 to this point. But at some point, it's like, cool, you pass a, a written test versus like, oh, you do this thing really freaking well. Yeah. And I would guess, like, obviously, Fern can coach his butt off and many other level threes can. But like, you've actually gone through an assessment. People have watched you coach. And they're like, oh, you're, you're the cream of the crop. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I mean, hopefully, and obviously there could be affiliate owners out there that are like, well, we do, we only want level one coaches right now because maybe that's all we can afford to pay or, or whatever sure. the case might be. So, but I think you're right. I think if you have a level four, you should be able to hopefully go to any CrossFit gym that's hiring and say, this is it. Like, this is my stamp of approval and I've earned I've, I've earned the right to hopefully walk into any gym and be able to coach any group of people. And, and for the record, I think the level three holds that currently too. If you show up yeah. at the level three, it shows me the hard test. Yeah. hours and you know this thing and you've been doing it long enough. All right. Last question from Brad. You answer this one, Katie. How do you balance the athletes who make quarterfinals this weekend with the classes you already have scheduled with floor layouts, due dates, et cetera? Oh yeah. Um, this is a hard one. So I guess based on personal experience, we've had a couple, maybe two or three athletes qualify for quarterfinals in the last couple of years. And we have 147 other athletes who didn't qualify. And so it's that, the, you know, the class, the regular classes and, and the members, the bulk of the members, that's the priority. It, it has to be. And they while they think it's cool the quarterfinals are cool and they want to they want to support their fellow athletes it's got to be done outside of class time it can't take you know i'm not letting people work out do their quarterfinals workouts in the corner while class is going on that's too distracting it's not fair for the members so it has to be set up outside of class times and that's up to you as a gym owner as a coach if you're willing to come in outside of your hours and help them set up the layout and make that work but um yeah i mean i think the members but that's the priority. The class is the priority for me. That's my personal opinion. I agree with you hundred percent on that one. Right. And, mm. and, and that should be period, you know, class takes priority. Um, cool. That was great, Katie. Thank you so much for coming on. Cody, we got the progression tomorrow. Progression tomorrow. You're going to be there with this crappy internet. No, I'll be, I'll be there. I want you to be drunk on mimosas. Before you show up. <laughs> that's a, that's a directive, Cody. A directive, all right. Cody doesn't like getting directives, Katie. You want me to do what? <laughs> and um, no affiliate hot seat Friday, and that show is actually moving to Mondays. Is that correct? Yeah, we're going to have one more that's on Thursday, but we're going to have a Monday, Thursday, and then all Mondays from there on. So coming, coming soon, Monday's affiliate hot seat, Wednesday breaking down the L2 manual, and then Thursdays we got the progression. So stay tuned. 
Those of you that agreed, we'll see you in the hip and back extension challenge. $50 on the line. $50 on the line. No touching the handles. First to get there, Mike Caputo is going to uh, be the big, the big prize. Um, I can't wait. I can't wait. I'm definitely going to beat Joby and Nick at this. I'm excited to have a little challenge in my life. Katie, you're the best. Thanks for coming on. Thanks and for having me. I'll be on for one of the L2 episodes as well. Awesome. Thanks.